This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We are working through a list of awarenesses. We've covered God awareness, self-awareness, others awareness, emotional awareness, awareness of how others perceive us. And today we're going to finish up by looking at cultural awareness. And all of this is um, coming out of this whole idea of the de-churched. And it's an encouragement for us to be aware of how we as a church fit into this this moment in history where so many have left the church. So 40 million people who had once attended church regularly are no longer attending church at all. And so this is really a book trying to describe how that came to be, the factors involved, and then now the, well, what can we do about it? And the beginning of the process is about awareness um, each of us have, have shared off the air this whole idea that it, when you first come into a church, that the number one thing that you're supposed to do is just listen and watch and um, observe and not try to change anything. You just get the lay of the land uh, of the congregation that you're serving. And we've all experienced ministers that didn't do that. Yes. But so awareness is a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. And hopefully these past couple of days have been helpful in just helping create this awareness. But we're beginning today with, or we're talking today about cultural awareness, and I, I think it's just helpful to start with Colossians 4. Does anybody have that pulled up? I do. Ryan, do you want to read Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6? Sure. Uh, there, Paul writes, Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. So how does this verse pertain to this whole idea of cultural awareness? Well, I mean, it, it, it plugs into kind of what's in each of these categories, except maybe the uh, God awareness category, <laughs> but uh, just being aware of your audience and the tip, different issues. I mean, we see that in the life of, of Paul. How, you know, he would, you know, there's the account of him on Mars Hill. There's other accounts of him in his ministry that he says he became all things to all men that he might reach some. And that doesn't mean he capitulates the truth and he lessens the truth, but he finds common points to make his delivery as effective as possible. And um, I think that's something, too, that, I mean, you, you just mentioned, you know, each you know, we, we talked off air about some, you know, pastors, sometimes young guys, especially kind of come in as cowboys trying to change things instead of as shepherds, just directing. And you really do have to learn the culture of a congregation as you come to a church. And this doesn't just apply to pastors. This applies to 
new members of a church. Um, as you might go into the context of a church, you get to know the church well before you see things that you might want to recommend to the leadership about changing. But um, engaging those who have left the church, um, understanding, so you can understand their reasons why, and then understanding too just kind of the culture that they're in so that you might more effectively reach them. Tim Keller seeks to apply this um, in his book, How to Reach the West Again, and he gives these different um, cultural faith assumptions or narratives that characterize culture. Um, and then he, he puts them this way, that identity, um, these are things that he's saying is true about the culture in which we live. Identity, you have to be true to yourself. Freedom, You should be free to live as you choose as long as you don't hurt anyone. Happiness. You must do what makes you happiest. You can't sacrifice that for anyone. Science. The only way to solve our problems is through objective science and facts. Five. Morality. Everyone has a right to decide what is right and wrong themselves. Justice. We are obligated to work for the freedom, rights, and good for everyone in the world. And history. History is bending towards social progress in a way from religion and these are cultural narratives mm-hmm. and my guess is that as you encounter the world around you these are the 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 themes that you hear um worldviews maybe even that people are using to 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 live their life and according to the standard um and what he says is that we need to expose the main flaws in our culture's narrative, showing how they fit neither human nature nor our most profound institutions about life, let alone its own moral ideas. How do we do that? Well, I, th- I think that primarily, uh, first, you have to know that culture. You have to know some of the, you know, like what Tim Keller has written here. You have to know that these are the thoughts in the minds of people. You know, First um, Chronicles 12.32 talks about the men of Issachar who had an understanding of the times and knew what Israel was to do. So there's a, there's a sense you have to understand the time in which you live. You have to understand the culture in which you're living in that. Um, you know, we were talking about yesterday about being, um, you know, aware of how others perceive us. You know, ultimately, you know, the perception that we want to give is that we walk according to the spirit that, you know, you know, there is, there is, uh, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and self-control in our lives. That that gives us the opportunity now to speak to culture, and then, uh, you know, having being having them know how that, you know, that perception of us. If we change that perception, then we can begin to ask those questions of them. Well, how's this working in your lives? Mm-hmm. How, you know, it's the it's the Doctor Phil question how's that working for you mm-hmm. because you know ultimately you know their choices lead to a, an end and very often those choices are going to live to a bitter end you know this idea of living uh, for yourself and doing whatever you want is going to affect the person next to you and so you got to be able to point that out um, so I think that this is you know knowing knowing our culture we can begin to expose the the flaw in their thinking i used to teach a class called modern problems and in that class we would look at different issues in society the kids always chose the issues um, and then what we would do is i would force them all to um, write up argumentations for the different positions 
um, pros and cons of both sides of the issue, and then we would have an ult- a debate on the on the topic, and they were they were assigned the position that they had to defend. And my contention was that if you didn't really understand the argumentation of the other side, you don't fully understand your own argument. And so that it's it's a it's a great technique to just work through understanding both sides of of the issue. But then what I tried to teach them for the debate preparation is drive the position to its logical conclusion. Keep forcing it to keep going. And not rest in the shallows of the entry level responses, but take those positions and keep saying, okay, and what if you extend it further? Where does it end up? Right. Can it sustain itself all the way to the end of its argumentation? And as you push it further out, that's when you're going to find the flaws of the argument Mm. and expose those and then go after those in the debate. Well, I think that's part of what Tim Keller is saying here. And you can't start at the end. You have to start at the beginning. You have to, first of all, charitably um, uh, express that opinion that they have so that they actually recognize their opinion and what you're saying. That's right. And mm-hmm. then have them push their thought to its conclusion. Mm-hmm. Ask them questions. Mm-hmm. Be kind and gracious in it. Don't be. People can tell when you're just being dogmatic mm-hmm. and and being argumentative because I said so. Yeah, right. But, but, but <laughs> truly, truly engage with them. Yeah. Truly ask them questions and allow them to get to the point where they're like, "Oh, wait, this isn't working." Something's and and you can see it. You can see it in their eyes where they realize. It doesn't work. It doesn't hold up. Mm. I was talking to these guys off the air. I was I was sitting in a I, when I was gone. I was attending a church um, service, and um, the pastor had established his three points overall. And I turned to my wife and I said, "His third point's going to break down," and it did. And she afterwards, we were in the car going home. She's like, "How did you know that?" And I said, "Because it didn't flow logically from the first two. Mm-hmm. And I said, "He's going to get himself in trouble." And he got himself in trouble, and he realizes it only when he's at the pulpit. Like, this doesn't make sense. Mm. But he can't do anything about it at that point. And I think Tim Keller is right. When you look at these seven different positions, there's going to come a point where it doesn't work. And just gently keep pushing and asking and allowing them to expose their own deficiencies in their in their thought process. Well, in the cultural awareness part of it, I think that, you know, one of the things uh, Paul preaching to the Corinthians, he uh, lists all these things about them, and he says, and such were some of you. Oftentimes, we only, we miss the middle ground. So, you have flea sexual immorality, and then on the other end of it, it says, and such were some of you. Somewhere in between, there was a conversation. They just didn't get the law. Mm-hmm. They got something else, too, that changed them. They got Christ. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in between there, that we have to be delivering the message of the Lord Jesus Christ so that the transformation takes place. It's not just the argument that has to take place. The transformation has to take place. He talks about the sexual immoral, the idolaters, the adulterers, the people that practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers. And, and then he says, and such were some of you. There's an awareness that had to take place in order for it to get to the proper end. 
So we've been talking about these six awarenesses. So it began with God awareness, then self awareness, others awareness, emotional awareness, awareness of how others perceive us, and then cultural awareness today. And then at the end of this, it says, okay, what will it look like if we possess all six of these awarenesses? And their conclusion is is that we, it will look, it should look is quiet, calm curiosity. What do they mean by that? What does that look like? Why is that so important? One of the things in this whole relational wisdom can be summarized with an acronym, SERVE. First, you know, smile. Second, explore and empathize with people. Show an interest and a compassion in their life. R, reconcile. Be a peacemaker in, in that relationship. V, value and express uh, appreciation and respect. E, encourage, give courage, inspire in that. So it's serving. This is a part of the relational wisdom that we take into every situation. You know, we're serving the people that we meet. And I think that's part of uh, our awareness toward them. And it sets a a stage of, you know, we're not set out to be confrontational. I mean, confrontation will happen. But the whole mentality that we've been talking about, I think, what they're getting at is that this quiet, calm curiosity is kind of the opposite of uh, someone who would be seeking a fight and confrontational. Here's it. Let me just uh, give it in from the book of James, James chapter three seventeen. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And what, takes place after that, a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make for peace. This is awareness. And we'll let James have the last word today, and we'll see you tomorrow.